Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hi there, this is Gina Gardner and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about problems and drama. I'm struck at how many people find in their lives that they have these incredible patterns Mm -hmm. where there's problem after problem after problem after problem. There's drama. And I'm struck by um, the teaching of Tony Robbins. As you know, I've done all his training and um, a senior uh, leader. And one of the things that struck me when I went to date with Destiny particularly was his view that many people feed off the drama, yes. feed off the problems. Yeah. Now, I think it's important to say, it, I'm not talking about you know the significant problems that people have and they're, you know, they are one-offs. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the people who have a pattern. Yes. And the pattern is that there's lots of drama, lots of difficulty. Yes. Or the people who find that they, um, that they're, ill a lot but it's we're not talking about the serious illnesses we're talking about the fact that you know whenever you see them there's something else wrong with them Uh and I believe that one of the reasons that people do that is because they've almost been trained to do it yes that when they were young they got attention from their parents from their teachers Uh when um, they were not well Uh that when they were feeling fine, yeah. no attention, when they were feeling unwell, attention. Yes. And the same in terms of behaviours. If they were being good, not noticed. If they were being naughty, lots of attention. Yes. And if we need attention, we'll have it on pretty well any terms. Yes, yes. If you, if you can't get positive attention, then... The next best thing is negative attention, isn't it? Well, yeah, attention on any terms. If your need is for significance, if your need is to be it, to be demonstrated that people care enough to spend time yes. and attention, then you will have it on any terms. And I yeah. can remember talking to, uh, particularly to inexperienced teachers, saying it's no good just recognising when children do things wrong yeah. because you're giving them attention but you're not giving them attention when they are doing things well. Yeah. And so for those children who need attention, um, what you're doing is you're training them to be naughty. Yes. So let's think about this. And I think I need to make the differentiation between problems and drama. Yes. Um, there are many people whose lives are consistently full of drama. Yeah. They lurch from one situation to another and their dramas are often things that other people take in their stride. That mm. they make mountains out of molehills. They they dramatise. They make 
things seem important yes. when actually they're not. Yes. And Tony Robbins talks about people being addicted to that, being one of the greatest addictions yeah. of our time. Yeah, we put the phrase in, in, um, in sort of the, the header, didn't we, really, about um, his, his writings, his teaching are that if you find yourself constantly in a similar situation, yes. a similar problem, yeah. a similar scenario, then it's probably because you're getting something out of it. He talks about the positive intention, and that's, um, it's not his phrase, it comes from uh, neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, right. yeah. that everything we do has a positive intention. Yes. Now, that positive intention is it's giving us something. Yes. So let's use the example of smoking. Uh-huh. We know that smoking is bad for us. Mm -hmm. There's yes. plenty of evidence now to, to uh, make it clear that if you smoke, then you are increasing your chances of getting cancer and heart disease and so on. Uh -huh. And yet people still do it. Yes. Now, it's interesting when you talk to smokers, why do they smoke? Uh -huh. And they'll talk about, well, it helps me keep my weight down. Right. Or it calms me down. I use it to help me manage stress. Yes. But what I find interesting, if you dig a bit deeper, how many smokers will say, but I get five minutes to myself. Right. <laughs> that it's time out. And right. because the only way they can smoke these days is to go outside, to uh -huh. go away yes. from, yes. that the positive intention, completely unconscious, okay. until you start to um, talk about it, yes. is I give myself permission mm -hmm. to go and have five minutes me time. Mm. Yeah. And they're very loath to give that up mm. because the rest of their lives is so busy, so frenetic and mm. so on. So we have a positive intention pretty well in everything we do. It's very interesting, actually. But we're not necessarily conscious. Yeah, because uh, I think a lot of people present with symptoms yeah. you know, that they call, my, my problem is, and they'll give you a label. Yeah. But in actual fact, is it true to say that never, in the vast majority of cases, I would, would argue, that that first problem definition is not the actual problem? It's... It's a symptom of something, but they define it as the problem, the thing they need to solve. Yeah. The, I, I need, you know, if I'm, I could solve that, then everything I'm smoking, right. well, I, I need to stop smoking. Yes. But actually what they, what they need to say is, I need to prioritise myself. And if I need yeah. five minutes to myself, yeah. I, I should just take it. I don't need to have a narcotic to give, give me an excuse. To or give me permission. To give you permission. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's true. What I would always make the differentiation between... This is about patterns of behaviour. Yes. Not one-offs. No. And it, it's interesting how often people don't recognise that there is, in fact, a pattern of behaviour. So yes. let me give you some examples. I'm going to use one of Tony Robbins' examples. Um, and I actually watched this intervention. Uh-huh. He asked the question, um, is there anybody here who has considered suicide or has... Um, know somebody who's taken their life. Mm -hmm. Now, bearing in mind that for young men, actually men under the age of 40, I believe, it's the single most common reason for death mm -hmm. in the UK is suicide. I think yeah, that's a scary statistic. That it? is a tragic mm -hmm. um, statistic. Mm -hmm. So this young girl, she was about 14 or 15, and he brought her onto stage. Now, I have to say that I believe that Tony Robbins is very, very 
careful. Mm. There are very detailed questionnaires. There are people who are trained to be there to support people mm. through, even those who weren't seen on stage were supported. And mm. I, I absolutely applaud him for that because I've been and watched other speakers who have not had the same level of care. Mm. And this young lady was on stage and he, we were quite shocked because his first statement when he, She'd said, well, I've tried suicide seven times. <laughs> We're not very good at it, are you? No, which, let's face it, most people would not have the confidence to be so ballsy and upfront about naming, yes. naming the problem. Yeah. And as he started to work with this young lady, and this intervention took s several hours, and mm -hmm. I have to say it was done mm -hmm. with huge care and huge humanity, mm -hmm. um, it turns out that the young lady in question committed, uh, attempted suicide, mm -hmm. her parents were um, separated and at each other's throats most mm. of the time, mm. very acrimonious, but the one time when they came together in harmony mm. was in the aftermath of her attempted suicides. Mm. So he sat her to one side and her parents were there, they brought her because they were so worried about her, that's right. their purpose for coming. Right. Um, and to start with, we were all a bit surprised that he, he just, having got that information, and in fact at the time I don't think we actually recognised that that's the inference that he'd taken from it. Right. He put it to one side and he brought the parents up. Mm. And most of his intervention was not with the young girl, mm. but with the parents. Mm. And what came out of it was, you are training your daughter that the only time mm. that you two can be civil to one another mm. and can be loving is when she has gone to the extreme lengths mm. of attempting suicide. Mm. So, you know, your pattern of behaviour is creating a pattern of behaviour that is incredibly destructive because one of these days mm. it's perfectly possible that she'll get it wrong and she'll succeed. Yeah. Had the parents separated? Um, I believe they were separated, but there was a lot of contact. Okay, so effectively still living in a family structure that was recognisable as um, family structure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he would also talk about the fact, in terms of the modes of motivation, uh -huh. that some people are addicted, or no, that's not, are needing uh, uncertainty, and so will pick a row, because right. if things get too certain and samey, they'll pick a row in order to make it uncertain. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> this is not a one-level issue. It's multi-layered, and I think yeah. um, if you are in a situation where you consistently have a pattern of drama or problems in your life, yes, it's probably a time to get some help yes. to help you unpick all of this. Yeah, because I mean, the, you know, the analogy of the layers of the onion is, is relevant, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, I, I think people are relatively sort of simple beasts in that they sense that if they solve, solve one problem, then that they'll be fine. You know. They, yeah. But in peeling the layer of an onion, you simply reveal another layer, which is, you know, slightly different, slight, you know, slightly deeper, sort of similar but not quite. Yeah. And, um, and then you find actually that in living in this new layer, you you are repeating similar patterns, but they're not quite the same. So you don't recognise them straight off. No. You don't go, oh, hang on, oh, they're sneaky. They're very sneaky. So they sneak up on you, and then yeah, you're in this behavioural pattern yeah. of. Um, just to go back to the, uh, the, the case that we saw, mm -hmm. Tony then went back to the young lady yeah. um, and started to work on her self-confidence. Yeah. She was dressed like a goth, she was someone 
who did, was not part of the crowd in school. Yeah, okay. She felt unloved. Okay. Now there were two and a half thousand people at this course. Um, and over the, 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 that was I think the first day, over the five days, um, she, her confidence was built. She came back okay. um, at time and time again. And one of the things that I really value about his work is that he follows things through. Yes. And so at the next course, she had been followed through and we saw um, that actually she was doing really, really well. Right. And I think it's really important that if somebody's working with someone who um, is finding that they've got a pattern of drama and problems, mm. that it's it's not a quick fix. Mm. It's something that you, again, have to go layer by layer by layer to get to the heart of the problem. Yes. For me, I think at the nub of most challenges are self-belief, self-confidence, the view that we are not enough. Yes. And part of the drama, part of the problems is in that trying to prove to ourselves. Yeah. Actually, either people trying to prove, well, I told you I wasn't enough, I told you I was no good enough, because yeah. that confirms their belief. Yes. Or, at the opposite end of the spectrum, people working to um, help themselves recognise that they are enough. You don't need the problem in order to be noticed. You don't need the problem in order to be important. But a lot of people seem to identify themselves as those problems. Well, they'll use, you know, my depression, my whatever. Yes. It becomes their identity. That, that, is, that can be very true, can't it? And that there are labels that people will, will give themselves. Um, you know, we can be sitting in a forum and somebody will announce that they are... A, uh, you know, I'm a sexual abuse survivor. Yeah. And these labels are, are very laudable, yeah? yeah. And, and also they're very useful, in, aren't they? In that, for, you know, for the purpose of communication, yeah. they're a quick, a quick, sudden sort of hanger that yeah. people can go, oh, right, so, so this person is about this. Yes. And these are all sort of, you know, modes of communication that we, that we use. But labels such as that, if, if they are then continually used, they can become destructive. Well, there's there's the sense of creating, um, you know, a creating a story around yes. the the problem, the issue, attaching the label to it, and then having that become just a different type of prison yes. to perhaps the, the you know yeah. the root of where the problem came from. Let's use the issue of illness or disability. Yeah. And I I more than most mm, do yeah. not underestimate the problem of dealing with chronic illness, disability or even an acute illness that stops you in your tracks. Yes. But I'm reminded there's, there's a, um, a person who um, is very much in the public eye mm -hmm. uh, that I know, mm -hmm. who uses her illness, and that's who she is. Right. Um, and so she talks about everything as related to her illness. Yes. And I struggle a bit with that. I have to say it triggers me somewhat because for me, you know, a disability or an illness is something that you have to deal with, but it's mm. not who you are. Mm. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think for me, all of the work that I've done on myself and with others is about, okay, you've got this problem, but how do you overcome it? How mm. do you minimise that? Yeah. Rather than making it something that becomes pretty well the only topic of conversation that you have. It's brought into 
every conversation, whether you're talking about shopping or the telly or work, it becomes that part of the conversation. Now, is it a problem for her? Well, she doesn't think so because she's using it. But what I think the danger is that if you are defined by the problem, then your horizons become more limited. Yeah, I mean, you are, in effect, holding time still, or at least attempting to try and hold time still, by continuing to refer to a situation. And, you know, time... Time does move a problem on, even if you were to what do What if you nothing. allow it to? Yeah, but even if you are, I think, you know, even if you try to stay stuck, yes, time will move past you and will the perspective on your issue will change. Well, I'm not sure I agree with you and I'll, I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. I've met people who um, have been bereaved and they've lost people that they've loved very, very deeply. Yeah. And... They go through a grieving process, which is incredibly challenging. Yeah. And there are some people who stay in that. Their yes. life stops. Yes. And no amount of um, time has seemed to move them beyond that place. Right. Yep. Where other people grieve and miss the person, but have made the decision that actually life goes on, mm-hmm. and I'm going to carry on living. Mm-hmm rather than staying stuck in this yeah. this cave yes. of grief. Yes. I've also known people who have, um, where relationships have broken down uh-huh. and they're not prepared to trust anybody ever again. They're stuck in that fear yeah. um, that I'll get hurt. They're lonely and they don't want to be, uh-huh. but their very fear of being hurt keeps them stuck in the place that they don't want to be. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I want to go back, if I may, to these patterns of drama. Yes. Because I think what we've just been describing is a bit different. Yes. Of being stuck in that, that place in time and you're not prepared to move forward. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, I suppose you're stuck in a drama. Mm-hmm. But it's when you people have repeated dramas, which are slightly different, but they're the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the drama of repeatedly having broken relationships. Yes. The drama of everything in the family is a problem. Yes. Um, lots of rounds, people being affronted, people being um, very ready to stand on their dignity or on their high horse. How about the drama of desperately avoiding conflict and... and Absolutely. You know, and it has consequences. like that, yes. Um, okay. You know, the drama and the problems take many, many forms. Yes. And for me, the challenge in the first instance is recognising that there is a pattern. Because people are so deeply enmeshed in the what's going on that they don't recognise that there is a pattern. Yeah. And I think, you know, being able to take a step back and be quite clinical for a moment and look at your own life Mm. and identify have I got patterns of the same sort of thing, the mm-hmm. same sort of problem? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is that a money problem? Well, am I somebody who is consistently in debt? Well, is that because you are using shopping as a way of feeling better about yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, is it a relationship issue? Are you consistently 
going for the same sort of person, yeah, or going for somebody that you like, I and mean, huge chemical reaction, and mm. you know, there's lust, and yes. but at your view is well, I don't like this about them, but I'll change them, and then you fail to change them. Yeah. You know, there there are many many patterns that have disastrous consequences. Yeah. yeah. For me, the important thing is to recognise you are the common denominator. Yes. You take you into every second of your life, from the moment you're born until the moment you die. Yes. And so, it's very easy to look at the externals and think, oh, I've been unlucky. There's all of these people, or all these situations. You know, mm. I've been. Um, People don't recognise my worth at work, mm. or uh, I'm always passed over for a promotion. Mm. But if that's the case, look to you. Mm. Yes. Are you behaving at work in a way that shows your boss that you are ready for a promotion? Mm. Yeah. Are you someone who goes the extra mile yeah. in a relationship? You know, if you're always going for the same type of person, and that's disastrous. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you going for the same sort of person? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, I, I think it's very true that um, that looking inside oneself and being true, truthful. You know, especially the shadowed side of, of ourselves. Oh. It's lovely to be able to say, "Oh, I'm a nice person. I'm this, that, and the other." Mm. Although some people find that very hard to do. Yeah. But actually, confronting the bits that are dark and, and, yeah. and difficult, the fear, the lack of courage, and all of this. I mean. I was um, I was made aware of, of a particular lady who suffers um, from agoraphobia. Her response to this is, is laudable to an extent, in that she is so determined to get over her agoraphobia yes. that she has um, has a rule that she must go out of the house every day. So, but now she's just created a different type of prison because now she gets anxious if she can't leave the house because then she thinks she's going to fall back to agoraphobia. So it's, it's she's fearful if she leaves that she can't leave the house for a very good reason. Yeah. Yeah. If, okay. if for instance the weather is really bad and it's just not possible to get out of the house, she then starts being really anxious about that fact because she believes that she might get agoraphobic yeah. again. So she's just replaced one problem for another. Yeah, and I think that can be very common that people oh, a pendulum swing from yeah. one extreme to the other, yeah. not realizing that actually all they've done is replaced one prison room with another prison yeah. room. But of course the reality is that very fine line, which is difficult to walk, is a balance of being able to say, in that lady's example for instance, yes I have trouble with agoraphobia and being outside and around people can feel very difficult for me at times. But I'm, I'm not going to make my, my life so hard on myself by then you know, forcing myself to go and do it even when there are circumstances beyond my control. I'm going to recognise that... It's the beating it's, yourself up about yes, not doing I'm it, isn't it? I'm going to recognise that yes. today, for reasons outside of my control, yeah. I, I can't do what I try to do in order to you know, keep myself out and in the world. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. No. That's where, where the unbalance comes in, I yes. think, in many people's approach to problems, is that they, they, that they forget that, that in everything yeah. there is balance. Yes. If, if you are to achieve what most people would refer to as, you know, a healthy approach, a caping, a coping approach, capable approach to life. Yes. I find it interesting that if you look at very, very small children, they go through life believing 
or it appears that, that you know the world is benign, that people love them, like them, that there is no um, there's no question that they are enough. Mm. And that shift as children become more aware of themselves as um, having an identity, mm-hmm. how quickly those insecurities are installed. Yes. Um, and then as we go through life, those insecurities become embedded unless something happens to change them. Yeah. And I think, you know, recognising that having a belief in yourself, believing that you are enough, Mm-hmm. And working on on that, some people would think that that was indulgence. Mm-hmm. For me, that's at the heart of everything because once you believe that you are enough, that doesn't mean you're perfect, but no. it does mean that you are enough. Yes. Then you can start to look at those things with a level of honesty. Yes. Um, that isn't about beating yourself up. It's about recognizing. These are my vulnerabilities. Yes. These are my issues. Um, and there are other ways for me to solve that issue. Yes. But it comes down to awareness. And if you're not yes. aware, yes. how can you do anything about it? Yes. So going back to the Tony Robbins example of that, yeah. that young girl, she, she probably wasn't thinking... Oh, it's all unconscious. Yeah. Right, I'll do another suicide attempt because then, you know, mum and dad will be, you know... No. <laughs> That kind of scenario really, really would feel strange, wouldn't it? But so, so it was only at the point when somebody was brave enough to, to, to say what actually most people would shy away from and yeah. think, oh no, that's that's a bit too harsh. Yes. But because somebody named it and was just yes. in the moment truthful. I think it's that the putting the mirror up and getting yeah. people to, to look. I mean, you can put the mirror up and people are very often not ready to look in the mirror yes, yes and I think it has to be done from a very secure place that it's not about scoring points or making that other person wrong yeah it's about I'm holding the space for you yeah and I'm ready to support you moving forward yeah um but at the same time this pattern has become destructive now I that's a huge example it's it's a very uh, extreme example. Yeah. But I think, you know, people who are engaged with us today, you know, have a think about your own patterns of behaviour. Yeah. And families are an incredibly mm. rich um, source of recognising those patterns. Yes. We're triggered very much by um, our families, even in the, the, the families which get on really, really well. Yeah. There will be things which trigger you. Yes. Because from a very early age, children know exactly which buttons to press yes. in their parents yes. to elicit guilt, to get what they want, yes. to manipulate. It's a it's a human thing. I'm not yes. it's not a criticism. No, no. Um, and parents are also programmed in order to control their children and keep them safe. They also use guilt and a whole range of other things. Yes. Now that. It happens in every family, but it's when those things become um, either more extreme or more entrenched, or you've got people who already have patterns of their own baggage, that they then inflict that pattern on somebody else, and that baggage becomes somebody else's. Now, it happens for all of us. There's not a single person in this world who won't have 
patterns of behaviour that are less than helpful. Yeah, exactly. And so I think this is an opportunity for you to just think about um, your own life and think about, you know, are there patterns of behaviour that you'd like to change? Mm. Um, and are there patterns of other people's behaviour that trigger you mm. into patterns of behaviour that you don't like or mm. that are uncomfortable, that make you unhappy and so on? Because I really feel that one thing's for sure is that when you start to think of the problems like that and to consider the possibility that um, you are creating these scenarios yeah. because you're getting something out of it, I think once you start to give it that perspective, you can't help but begin to move. Things have already moved as yeah. soon as you've got that perspective that yeah. actually I am the catalyst here. Yes. And not only can you be the catalyst for things being unpleasant, mm. you very much have the potential to be the catalyst to change things for the better. Yes. You can't change other people. We've said that so many times. Yeah. What you can do is change yourself. You can change your behaviours, you can change your reactions. Yes. And in the doing of that, yes. then that has an impact on other people. Yes. It's not instant, yeah. but over time it can make a huge difference. That's why I think you know, challenging situations, yeah. being challenged is actually a very positive thing. As Absolutely. Not, not that I'm very good at doing that to other people, or even to myself in moments, you know, I'm just fallible as the next person. But, but ultimately I think... I think to stay repeating the same upsets, the same... Yes. Because it gets quite boring. Yes. <laughs> it does. And the trouble is, then, it's a bit like all addictions. The drama isn't enough, so the dramas get bigger in the same way that if you're a drug addict... True. ...that yeah. you're, uh, you need more and more of the same to give you the same fix. Yes. So that really brings us to the end of today. I would be really grateful if... Um, you have any comments that if uh, this is something that's affected you please let us know if there are issues that you'd like covered in in future um, sessions then again let us know you can let us know through um, the website www.genuinely-u.com that's www.genuinely-u.com you can find my latest number one best-selling book Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. You can get a free digital download for that and you can find the rest of my books and Rachel's book on Amazon and all good uh, book uh, platforms. So www.genuinely-u.com. Thanks very much for joining us. Look forward to being with you the next time. Take care. That's Gina Gardner, your host from Passionate World Radio, saying cheerio and have a great time. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years, of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled, and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.